from my experience, listening to someone like justify like a blood debt, like or like a yeah. So you have a lot of experience. (laughs) Just with my father. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) The beings I love are creatures. They were born by chance. My meeting with them was also by chance. They will die. What they think, do, and say is limited. It is a mixture of good and evil. I have to know this for all my soul and not love them the less. I have to imitate God, who infinitely loves finite things. Stars and blossoming. Blossoming fruit trees, utter permanence and extreme fragility give an equal sense of eternity. I'll say that again, that was funny. They're stock work they're they're shock workers. They're stahanovites. <laughs> the uh the construction workers outside of our house are are working and it is currently five PM and they have been doing the fastest road construction job that I personally have ever seen. Powered by Modelo. Modelo. Hank claims that he saw one of them drinking a Modelo Tallboy. Yeah, I don't think... So I don't think they're I don't believe you. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) I I freely admit that it definitely could not have been a Modelo. Could have been a Death Water. Or whatever those are a called. Death water. <laughs> Isn't that what those are? Like liquid death. Liquid death. I like death water. Death water. <laughs> that sounds like a Al Cisneros. It should be called pond water. Yeah. Pond water with bits. With bits. That's a callback. That's that's absolutely a callback. Discerning listeners will remember <laughs> the pond water with bits from, from Hank's. <laughs> We're also just turning into a dream analysis podcast. Yeah. Have you had any other good dreams? I haven't. I wonder if we could dig into the archives. No. <laughs> We're not doing that. No. Uh, just like... <laughs> I'm not doing that. We uh, we recorded for probably f- f- the half an hour. We just lost it. Yeah. So that's cool. There's no SD card. There's no SD card. We don't have a system. We're running our own show here. Mm-hmm. Uh, There's no NYU intern. No. We'll get one of those soon, though. Yeah. Fly them out. Yeah. They they can't do remote the work. We're they have to move to Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need a Columbia University Columbia. intern. Columbia grad student working for us. Yeah. <laughs> postdoc whatever they can get so we're gonna have to set up a patreon just for that we should set up a postdoc (laughs) (laughs) we got enough books yeah (laughs) to claim the postdoc is you have to read our entire psychoanalysis library yeah even even all the von franz books Especially those, yeah. So you know all about the uh, the fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's What's your favorite von Franz, uh, vi- like little nugget? Um, that is it like uh, the the thir- the three wolves. And 
I actually haven't read her stuff on fairy tales specifically. Okay. Uh, so you're capping a little I've just bit. procured. Uh, her <laughs> book on the Puer Eternus is dope, though. Is that about, like, tea? You know it's what like I'm talking pu- about? Puer tea, yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going to have to hit that. I wish we could record love, at the tea house. We can. I, I'm sure we could go in there and those guys would be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should interview them. Yeah, no, we should actually do that. Like interview a tea person. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the Puer Eternus? So in like it's it's a Jungian archetype. Uh, so there's the the Senex, the Puer Eternus, the Puer, the Xi Jinping Eternus. Uh, I went to an LGBTQAA meeting last night, and there's a guy there that introduced himself as Jim Bear. Jim Bear? Yeah, I like that. Jim Bear alcoholic. <laughs> Hi, Jim Bear. All right. Sorry. Uh, no, you're good. The, so the Puer is a... So uh, uh, basically the Senex is on one side. Uh, it's the old man, the archetype of the old man, mm. kind of uh, very rigid in their thinking, mm-hmm. very logical, very, um, you know, like plan things old out. Old man, take a look at your life. I'm a lot like you. Exactly. Yeah. And then Neil Young's a Puer. Yeah. Uh, which is the kind of the eternal child. It's the man child, okay. <laughs> generally. Okay. Or the Puella in, in women, like Puella de Lil, Lil Puella? Yeah. Um, and basically... What it, language does that come from? Do you know? It's weird word. It is. Is it Latin Puer? or something? I would assume that it's Latin, because yeah. Eternus, A-E. Yeah. Um. And Senex, I mean, that's kind of a weird one, too. That sounds Greek. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they're both Greek. I'm Who not knows? sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, like, the Puer is, like, very, like, heart-driven. They're, like, commitment phobes. They're kind of, uh, they're, they're daredevils, things like that. Like, they don't have this yeah. kind of, like, sense of... Adrenaline junkies. Ad- adrenaline junkies. She uh, <laughs> went to an AA meeting last week where everyone was describing themselves as adrenaline junkies. Every like a whole bunch of people, like, were just like, like five yeah, people in a row, were like, "Yeah, I'm definitely an adrenaline junkie." I was just like, "I'm so not an adrenaline junkie." Yeah, <laughs> like I'm many things, but not a roller coaster head. I just I I could take it or leave it. Yeah, know? but yeah, I definitely know people who are like season pass. Yeah, Valley Fair types. Yeah need that um yeah so the uh i read it because uh i was having some difficulties Mm. you know i find myself i find that there are a lot of aspects of that that i see in myself the poo air yeah 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 i mean the senex too it's kind of like every it's both it's it's a it's a you know yeah um but i was reading it and the things that did not have anything to do with me were pretty cool. But I had noticed them before where I had thought, like, I think that I could fly a plane, you know? Mm. Like, I think that I would enjoy flying a plane. Yeah. I don't... It's an insane thing to, like, get started doing, so I don't think I would ever do it. But, like, my issue with planes are specifically that I'm, like, in the back, like, cordoned off from... I have, like, I have no idea what's going on, you know? Now that I, so you want to be in the cockpit? I want to be the pilot, and I, or I'd just like to be just like I'd like to pilot a plane, mm-hmm. you know. Like I've had that thought. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, 
and then yeah, it was like was yeah. that the difficulty you were having? That was not the difficulty I was having, but that was just like, <laughs> was like one of those I'm so mad. You know, those, I can't fly a plane. Those like subtle thoughts that you just like don't even like think more about because it's sure. just kind of like you don't even think about them being like part of your like makeup. Yeah. You know, when you kind of like make yourself like a more concrete like personality. Yeah. Uh so things will like be there. I'm like I don't not only are there probably no opportunities ever for me to fly a plane? Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason I should think about that. And I'm not going to like go out of my way to do it. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, that's like, that's like a classic, like Buer thing. They're like, yeah, they love climbing mountains and flying planes and they often die doing either one. Like, yeah. like not only <laughs> because they're like, they'll get in the plane thinking they can do the plane, but they often will just like crash. Yeah. You know, so it's that kind of uh, mentality. The holy mountain, the uh, the place on the earth that connects the humans to the to the gods, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You just then you fall off trying to get to the top. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, I was reading. Um, I was reading uh, Genesis because I was teaching some selections from Genesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, in class, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Baptist minister and I'm <laughs> teaching a, teaching a Bible study. No, I'm uh as I understand it, <laughs> Nick, uh, you're a leftist and it's, it's funny. You were teaching the Bible as literature. Am I correct? Not even as a. Yeah, even that's an actual that's, that's that's right tucker i um yeah i'm a, i'm actually a devout secularist and i i just wanted to teach the bible because i believe it's great literature interesting it's you know the left used to be able to you know understand that at least the bible was a, was a great story and it is and there's so, there's so many great stories but now we can't even we can't even talk about it in that way yeah yeah and i'm and i'm starting to think that maybe Maybe the right is actually more accepting than the left. What is going on? What is going on? So yeah, I was teaching, I was teaching um, the Bible in my classics of world literature class. I'm teaching at a public land grant university, and um, you know, you know when uh, the you know the flood happens, God's covenant with Noah, mm-hmm. Noah's Ark. Um, he lands on, he lands on a mountain, but the mountain is an island mm-hmm. and Deleuze, <laughs> not in the Bible, but in his, he, he has this article about, um, this short, really weird essay about desert islands, mm-hmm. how desert islands are, are both, um, there's sort of a place of like exodus and settling at the same time Mm. it's a really confusing argument but he has this whole thing about how there's like in 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 that um you know story from 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 genesis um it's like the ocean rises up to where the mountain is an island Mm. and so it's like this like perfect like it's like this perfect meeting point between like 
you know, the bottom of the world and like the heavens. Yeah. And that's where like mankind starts over again. It's very, I don't know. I don't know what that means in Albania. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's where Noah landed. Really? Yeah. That's like, (laughs) that's dope. Yeah. Like Turkey claim. I think that's like the main, I mean, probably not the main real thing, but you know, Turkey, uh, is Turkey even Turkey and Albania are connected, right? Yeah. I think they're, they're next to each other. Yeah. They Greece. That's a big, uh, it's right next to Greece. It's a big, uh, kind of point of contention. Um, between Albania that makes sense. and Turkey. Um, <laughs> uh, I had an Albanian cab driver when I was going to the airport in um, Western Mass, and he was telling me how much he hated America because you just have to work all the time. Mm-hmm. But he was saying that the the big upside of America is that there you have roads. <laughs> That's Cause true. Because in, in Albania, yeah, when it's... It, winter in the mountains um, you're just, you just there you just don't go anywhere mm-hmm. yeah but he said that albania is beautiful i'm sure it is yeah i'd love to i'd love to he, go he lives in worcester mass which has got to be like the worst place you can move to yeah from albania though he was telling me about his utility bills and how they were like fucked up dang yeah he just he was having a day huh no, he was a cool guy. He was like one of those, I don't know. I love, I mean, maybe this is an incredibly bourgeois observation, but I love it when I have it. Um, I love it when I have a um, Lyft or Uber driver who just like has no reservations about what he's willing to ask me. Yeah. Just like, bro, what do you believe about God? Like stuff I love like that. that one. Yeah. I, I do love that one. Cause yeah. like I would, and I've gotten that multiple times. <laughs> like yeah. it's like right, right away. Yeah. And it is a, it is a funny question. Not only because like, I mean, we live, we live in, I, I will say we live in a pretty religious state, but like in a kind of a weird way where like they wouldn't like want to talk about it. You mean Minnesota? Yeah. It's like one of the most religious states in the country. Is it really? Yeah. Like for... Just like Lutherans and stuff? Exactly. Yeah. But like that combined with like the Minnesota sensibility is like... Of like, someone, oh, 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 I don't want to offend you. Right. my like, God. I, exactly. Yeah. Like, so someone asking that, I could just imagine like, like it's like bold almost. Cause it, yeah. It's because, uh, yeah, people here would just be like silent, you know? Yeah. I, I have to imagine this is like one of the most like silent Uber drives cities city like cities in the in the world yeah i know almost all of mine are silent i mean i don't take a lot of ubers but like you know yeah when i've gone to the airport a lot mostly silent but i do love like when someone just launches in just like yeah you believe in god (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah you're kind of forced to just like you can't like you can't like really have like a defense yeah you just have to be like well yeah no for sure and i and and it it honestly comes off as like one of those um at least for me like like this is a person who's like regardless of what i say like you know they're gonna be cool with it they're just like oh yeah they're just chatting they're not gonna be like well actually like like allah is like the the way (laughs) yeah 
like generally not they're just kind of like curious yeah um i once had a an uber driver who after kind of asking that um this was like one of my the first time i took you know kind of a cab after uh like during the pandemic right and this guy was just talking about how like he he missed like having all this time because he was like i just i spent all my time with her and like kept being like i i he's like i met her and i like spent all my time with her and i can't wait to get back she's calling to me and i can't wait to get back to her and he was like alluding to like to this woman uh-huh. that he was spending all his time with uh-huh. and it turned out it was a keyboard what <laughs> like a piano and he was just like yeah like i he was like i had, I mean, he, he was, was probably, like he a, was he, saying her before he revealed like what yeah, it was. Yeah, and he was like, <laughs> bro, I just can't wait, can't wait to get back to her. Literally. Yeah. And he was just like, he was. Uh, the sea is calling me. He was like in his, he was like in his maybe like forties or fifties. Uh huh. And just like he was like, yeah, like he's like, I had always wanted to play the keyboard, but I, you know, I had never had the opportunity. So during. Yeah. The pandemic, I had all that time. I got a keyboard. And, yeah. Uh, and we and I'd play like eight hours a day. Wow. Yeah. He's like, I'm getting pretty good. Yeah. And I just want to spend all my time with her. And, uh, but he he kind of asked the same thing about like God, and uh, talked about how he was he was really just like I just like when people believe in something. Yeah. And he was talking about how his friend, uh, he was going to celebrate Hanukkah for the first time this year because his friend was Jewish. Yeah. And uh, he was a Muslim. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I just think, I just think it's so cool. Like, it's, I get to celebrate Hanukkah with my friend this year. Damn, that's so heartwarming. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like, it was incredibly heartwarming. Like, this guy was just like so, like, yeah. positive. He's like, I've made mistakes in my life, but like you know like i've i've been able to make all these changes just like by like my like belief and like being more like with my religion yeah yeah which is like very yeah it was like very very touching damn that's really cool yeah i went to mass on sunday yeah yeah how was it it was cool i went with my friend who's joining the jesuits Mm -hmm. hopefully we'll have him on at some point yeah but it was like a really progressive Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if anything, a little too progressive, maybe. Yeah, like it. Uh, like it felt a little bit like pandering mm. to the sort of like, um, you know, Minneapolis crowd. Yeah, who still want to go to church and have a community, but don't want to be affiliated. Yeah, with the Catholic church. Yeah, that was kind of like my upbringing. Yeah, it was kind of a going away from like. Like a, I'd say like a kind of a conservative Democrat yeah. type, like '60s Fordist Catholic Church. Yeah, if that makes sense. Conservative Democrat '60s Fordist Catholic Church. Catholic Church. Okay, you, know I mean? you yeah. know what I mean, though, like a blue dog Democrat church. Yeah, you're talking like, um, we're talking like, we're talking like Harvey Keitel in in blue collar kind of vibes yeah yeah Yeah. like my grandparents yeah where it's just like very like vehemently pro-life yeah vehemently pro-life but like so you know like the kind of like like very like uh big on you know social 
social issues. Yeah. Other than that. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the more, were you confirmed? Uh, I don't know. No, No, I was not. Okay. I, too much bouncing around, I think. Yeah. And I don't believe my dad was a complete, like no church person. So I think that doesn't help. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I know what you mean. It kind of like gives up. It's like, it's like, it's kind of like you can, it, it takes you out. It's like seeing behind like the, see, yeah. Seeing behind, uh, the curtain in the wizard of Oz. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Even though like a, a, a normal Catholic church would probably do as much pandering to a different crowd. It was, it was interesting. The guy told, um, cause you know, they do the, the first part is like the, the liturgy. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's like the Eucharistic rites and stuff. Yeah. I'm so I haven't been to a Catholic <laughs> mass in I'm so bad at this stuff but yeah. but you know they do some readings and then there's a homily where he kind of like breaks it down mm-hmm. um, one of the one of the things he read from was a story about um like a like a usurist like a debt collector mm-hmm. um, who was like it was really confusing because it was like he was like basically the story was like he was doing a good job doing it yeah like he was like keep he was doing it fairly Mm. so then god's take on it was like well actually like you're since you're doing a good job at it like you're like a like in the next life in the next world we're gonna need people like you it was very confusing because it was like anti-usury but it was also like like you just you know like, don't don't hate the player hate the game kind of thing yeah. <laughs> it was really some of the old testament logic is so foreign to our sense of morality because mm-hmm. it's just like it is what it is it literally yeah. is just like definitely don't do this but i mean you did it pretty well but like so if like, you're gonna do it like you're gonna do it yeah i hope you're doing it well I mean, that's the whole, the, the Cain and Abel story is crazy. Because mm-hmm. it's like, I was telling you about how there's all this like anti-dust stuff in, gen- in Genesis. Yeah. Like anti-ground stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, God like makes a, makes everyone and then he makes Adam and Eve. And they're like, they're eating from the trees. But then they're not supposed to eat like, you know, obviously from the tree of wisdom, tree of knowledge. And the snake crawls on the ground and tells Eve, like, you, it's chill, you can eat it. Um, but then, like, when they eat it, God is like, well, now you have to work the ground. You're mm-hmm. going to toil. You have to toil on, on the ground. And to the snake, he's like, you got, you're going to be eating dust for the rest of your life, buddy. <laughs> and... And then he drove away to Thunderbird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dust bunnies. Um, and then, and then was I talking about? Oh, Cain and Abel. Yeah. And so then, with Cain and Abel, Abel is a keeper of sheep, and Cain is a is a tiller of the of the ground. Mm-hmm. And when they both bring a sacrifice to the Lord, the Lord has no regard for Cain because. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it doesn't say why 
And then and then when he kills his brother, the god God is like, You'll you're gonna be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. But I'm gonna put that mark on you. And anyone who kills you will will be Marked. Avenged sevenfold. Ooh. That's where that band name <laughs> comes from. So it's like it's it's really confusing because it's yeah. like it's like you, well you murdered your brother, mm-hmm. so you're being punished, but also like, but also like if someone kills you, like that's like way worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it's a retribution, like that, yeah. that blood that blood debt. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not. From my experience, listening to someone like justify like a blood debt, like or like a yeah so you have a lot of experience (laughs) just with my father oh god (laughs) (laughs) damn modern day modern day cain and abel type shit yeah pretty pretty much yeah uh abraham type shit literally like yeah yeah he committed he committed a crime uh that was stewing for like 30 years yeah and like justified it as some kind of like this was like this was justified like he harmed my yeah my father like kind of thing and oh, like God, it, it yeah. sounds so insane when someone is like justifying it to you yeah in that way um because like i think like it is instinctually like if someone is like as like humans as 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 kind of like uh, you can relate to it quite well like someone who's like harmed me like i want to you yeah. have that feeling of like i want to get back at them Oh yeah, but the, then like, if you just like sit on it for a while, you're just like, my God, like what a, what a low yeah. response. Yeah, you know, doesn't often feel good to like get back at someone after the fact. No. Yeah. I don't know. But then you got like the, you know, like in the Sopranos, mm-hmm. you get like Meadow Soprano. She goes to like columbia she mm-hmm. goes to like liberal arts college yeah she's she, actually going to be our postdoc <laughs> and she learns that like you know well actually the way of the the way of the mafia or the cosa nostra is like this ancient like conflict solving strategy mm-hmm. that has to do with you know what i mean she's like well actually like we're sovereigns yeah we're like sovereign citizens within the the fake the fake you know, yeah. news democracy of America. Uh-huh. She gets really based on that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I was going with that exactly, but like, I guess just that there are um, alternative systems. Well, I'm not saying that there's alternative <laughs> systems. Like, no, but I'm saying I guess there there is a tendency of hum- human societies, and and this is really popular in like political theory. Like the theory of the sovereign is all about exclusion and mm-hmm. sacrifice. Um, and so I guess like maybe the Bible is like anti-statist in certain ways. Um, Definitely. If you really like read it correctly. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. My friend Tyler would have a lot to say about that. The guy who's joining the Jesuits. Yeah. Maybe we can talk to him about that. Definitely. His whole thing was like, um, you know, essentially like Christian anarchy, mm-hmm. like Alistair McIntyre and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that stuff's like very cool to me. Yeah. Um, have you read any McIntyre? I haven't. Yeah. Me no. Either. Like Jacques Ellul. Yeah. Jacques Ellul. 
I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Alul. Is it Alul? Jacques Alul. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of L's. Yeah. Um, Dorothy Day. Dorothy Day, baby. Respect. Yeah, I, I benefited from Dorothy Day's legacy. Yeah? Yeah. Isn't, uh, wait, am I tripping? <laughs> Isn't Dorothy Day, like, part of the, like, um, like, Hazelden, like, non-profit? I'm not sure. Industrial complex? Might be. I'm talking, like, alcoholism treatment centers. Am I thinking of a different Dorothy? Because she was Catholic, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the person. Yeah. I think, I think that, like, a large part of the whole, like, Minnesota model of, like, addiction treatment centers, which is a basically, like, hybrid, you know, religious medical approach to treating it, um, was, like, in the legacy of Dorothy Day's, like, um, charity work. Mm. Charity in the true Christian sense of charity. Yeah. Not in the, not in the modern sense. Philanthropy. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. The, sorry. I I can't, every time I think about sovereign, I think about sovereign citizens. Sovereign citizen. (laughs) Well, you know, okay. So, you know, like the, the most famous one probably in like cultural critical theory circles is like, Giorgio Agamben's um, sure. Homo Sacer, Bare Life. Mm. He's kind of an antiquarian. He's like really into like, I don't know, fucking like Greek and Roman stuff. But it's a very complicated book, but basically the idea is that um, the sovereign is like dependent on um, some sort of limit point. Yeah. What time is it? 5.30. Okay. The sovereign is dependent on some kind of like limit point beyond which you are no longer a citizen, no longer human, something like that. And it's usually shored up by some form of sacrificial violence. So he draws on Carl Schmitt's um, famous aphorism from uh, whatever, I forget what book, but like the sovereign is he who decides on the exception. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not like super into that stuff, but that kind of seems what we, that seems to be kind of what we're talking about. And like, God is almost, God is almost like not the sovereign. He's almost being like, no, there's no sovereign. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that like, that feels ex- very true. Yeah. And it's funny that the, the sovereign almost always has the, the, the mandate of heaven. Yeah. That they claim. Yeah. But, uh, you know, generally what I, doesn't what I claim. You know that that <laughs> Zizek. He's always Mike. What I claim. <laughs> and he did a, a shirt a shirt pop. Yeah, you got to do the shirt pop. The pop. <laughs> um. No, what I was thinking too. Then, oh God, we're getting we're getting bogged down. Well, no, I think this is a good. Bit. It's good. I, I, I just feel like we're getting bogged down mentally. Well, I am. I was just going to, because I was just going to say some Benjamin stuff, which would probably wouldn't help with that. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Go but ahead. But Benjamin has his concept of divine violence, mm-hmm. which is from his critique of violence essay, which also has a very like Schmidtian um, orientation. Like it's, some people call it like the right wing Benjamin. Mm. even though it's definitely not yeah but like 
he talks about divine violence being this kind of violence that it's not retribution it's it's expiatory violence so it like it like it like comes out of nowhere and it like it like frees you Mm. from like it like it like releases the burdens of like some you know you know it's very like what the hell are you talking about stuff it frees you so this would be like a (laughs) he gives an example i forget what it is but basically he's he's talking about revolutionary violence yeah yeah. yeah, I was about to say, like, yeah. the debtor's coming to your house and a tree falls on him, or, like, you killing the debtor, or the, 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 the usury, the, the userist? Userer. Userer. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, it's, it's pretty unclear what he actually means, and I'm not really, like, honestly, at this stage in, in our development... I'm not big on like trying to like build an ethic around revolutionary acts of violence or something yeah. like that. Um, but it just, I don't know. Basically his point is that like, it, it's what you're saying. It's that, it's that God doesn't actually, it's that God doesn't actually say, um, you can't kill. Mm-hmm. It's that like, it's like you can't yeah you yeah like you literally can you have free will yeah but like there's how are you you're there are consequences exactly yeah you're gonna carry it with you yeah yeah that kind of goes in with like a um like uh suicide i mean that's kind of like a it's it's kind of this like final you know you're killing yourself it's always like seen as like a sin yeah kind of in that same way and uh i've i've heard it put in like some occult ways maybe this is maybe this is anthroposophical but basically like if you kill yourself because you aren't material like you yourself are you're gonna be the same person who needed who like decided to kill themselves yeah when you die yeah and that's not a great place to be because now you have no like material yeah like self in order to like make changes to mm-hmm. that kind yeah of, <laughs> yeah kind of uh you know body so you etheric body yeah you have no like more self. you have no more exoteric expression right yeah and you can't like really take anything else in so you're just kind of like spread out as like a yeah this this being who was in in the state of mind yeah of of suicidal depression which is hell (laughs) have you have you read that um book that you have on suicide Mm -hmm. what does that one say oh god i'd have to go back yeah it's 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 uh what is it that one's like not very it's it's so it's james hillman's yeah on suicide who's a who's a Jungian. he's like a post post he's he's like a post Jungian guy he ran the uh like the the Jungian academy in switzerland switzerland is Uh, he a european guy american uh, I, i think he might be american yeah that makes sense yeah yeah um but he kind of like I think that a lot of Jungians were trying to kind of uh, rein it in a little bit. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, <laughs> rain rain Jung in a little bit. Yeah, like over time. Yeah, he was going he was going crazy with it. Yeah, and I think that Hillman kind of continues. Yeah, that tradition of like no, like it like whether or not you agree with Jung, like the whole point of like what's going on there is that it's like a little crazy yeah you don't you can't rein it in <laughs> right yeah you can't like make if you it, really like, believe in if you like, really believe in the shadow self stuff you have to like take that to its full conclusion right and not just be like yeah my shadow self is um the part of me that's afraid to fail right it's, exactly it's much darker than that yeah yeah um but i mean it was kind of it it wasn't very occult but it was a little like uh it kind of like justified it to a certain degree yeah it talked a lot about how um you're like like therapists who it was it was a pretty interesting book because it i mean you as a as a working therapist in america you probably couldn't act on it but it was kind of just like yeah of course treating like suicidal people like don't be like don't do suicide or like yeah or like hospitalize them just be like, like let's talk about let's this. go in on it like yeah. let's fucking do it you know yeah. and and uh like why does that sound good to you yeah yeah um and yeah there's there's also like a pretty interesting article in there about uh like nuclear war ah, like that like suicidal drive of nuclear war yeah it is and how basically like extinction baby yeah but it was like making the case that it's like it couldn't happen. It was like pretty. <laughs> I'd have to like go back. And Is it like it. game theory stuff? No, it's not game theory stuff. It's like it's it's Yugi like game theory. No, it's just like it, it was basically like um, how it. <laughs> I don't know. It had something to do with like how how going so close to the brink. Yeah like always like comes back oh, it'll like save you it'll yeah. like save you and yeah. like and like and and be kind of like we we need to touch kind of the edge that sounds like to like some kind of like nato stuff to I me I, <laughs> I don't listen, like that at all no for sure i mean that's the 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 thing is 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 from our position in like 2022 yeah basically anything from like the 20th century yeah sounds like some like <laughs> sounds like some nato shit because they've like they like use it <laughs> yeah like, to like just you know no, they're it's totally like twisting they need to like, like they need to like take a dose of their own medicine yeah um because they're yeah they were like yeah well things are really bad but here's why i mean that's kind of it's fine we could go in on, on uh why you know that's the issue with like words is where words can be twisted. Yeah. Words can, you can basically, you could probably justify like a lot of, you know, kind of the opposite of things. Yeah. With like a book that like argues against, you could like justify something with a book that argues against it or, you know, other, other types of, uh, yeah. Tomfoolery. Certainly. <laughs> um, It'd be funny to have a podcast that was um, criticizing podcast words, words. Yeah. yeah, go like go like Plato mode, anti poet. Yeah, just yeah. Like go like <laughs> we'll start develop. That's what this is going to turn into. Yeah, a podcast against words. Yeah, that that's actually that name goes hard. Podcast against words. Yeah. yeah. 
Damn, we're gonna have to we have to copyright that before we yeah <laughs> put this out. <laughs> Damn, that is a great idea. Um, yeah. What time is it? Because I think it's I have to leave time for you to go. Yeah, it's five thirty-nine. Okay, let's take a break and we'll take. We'll come break. back tonight. All right. house yeah and like bro she's got like a 5g tower in her basement or something it was just like <laughs> and i couldn't get it to go away yeah here yeah oh wait, maybe maybe it is a little bit there i don't know there's like that electrostatic energy at her house is scaring me oh my i haven't even read that Taolin article yet but that shit got me going again when i read that this morning like like it got me like re like re fired up about like chemicals and stuff yeah but the thing is i'm just not i don't think i'll ever be motivated to really like really like take a drastic step no i mean he had like some pretty serious health yeah things going on he claims to have cured his autism Really? Yeah, that's what he says. That's the that's the argument. Yeah, basically, it's a it's a very carefully reasoned argument against the theory of neurodiversity. Mm. It's very interesting because Talon, I think, is usually positioned as sort of an idealist, which makes sense because you know he says stuff and leaves society like how he wants to like. I don't I don't remember the wording but it's like he wants to, you know, retreat into the a uh, sort of like world of the mind and build like a new, <laughs> new universe. World. Yeah. Yeah, without But 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 the but what he's doing in this essay is actually like it's basically like historical materialism. It's basically he's like mm. saying that like autism has been caused by like the material. corporate pollutants. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that it's like actually like you know academic shilling to just say yeah. that it's an ancient neurodivergent yeah. kind of property that's kind of lit that's like a 1960s type like it's like silent spring it's like my grandma to be honest yeah it's cool yeah i have a lot of respect for talon honestly he's gotten he's really come a long way yeah it yeah. seems it seems that way yeah i should also say like it's also like a very because you know he is autistic and it's also a very like personal um account of what that has meant for him so he's he's also very like anti-stigma of autism right right and he actually talks about how the genetic theory of autism or the sort of like freudian theory of autism that it was caused by parental coldness or something like that actually like caused way more stigma uh, when that was the dominant theory because autistic kids would be like taken to like institutes basically like away from their families and, right and then the parents would be like berated and stuff like that mm-hmm. um so all of that's to say like i think he's you know he's he's not 
like saying he's not doing some kind of eugenics thing yeah right he's he's like doing like holistic materialism kind interesting of yeah I'll, I'll it's cool read it but he also has that dope ass line about that review of his book um taipei and uh how like the reviewer says like you know you'd better hope that like you're distracting me bro i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry um that buzz is distracting me yeah i mean it is what it is yeah yeah um there's a dope line in it about how like because he doesn't really address the sort of like autistification of culture or something like that Mm -hmm. he does address like the growth of the epidemic as a kind of factor of you know exposure to to pollutants Mm -hmm. um but he he does have that line where he's talking about how like basically like reviewers of his work started calling him and his work autistic yeah and that there's that review of taipei where the woman says like you'd better hope that this sort of like soulless depiction of the world is is due to his kind of like autistic sense of conveying detail or something like that yeah. and he's like well actually it was both like culture is soulless and i want it to be accurate <laughs> which is pretty sick definitely i think i i'm sorry i think i solved it okay what full sweater no <laughs> that's that's insane i don't know i just thought it might i might be static no. we're off to a great start <laughs> yeah i don't know Going crazy over the yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'll I'm, fix it in post. calling it that <laughs> i think it's funny it's, it's like two hours three hours uh we we did the research that you know we did the research yeah <laughs> we read the pdfs we read the pdfs we went into the library yeah the anchorette library yeah we probably got a thousand books here yeah probably like two thousand <laughs> we got a lot of books yeah uh 
Hard to see. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what did you pull? I pulled. I pulled the quote from Suicide and the Soul, James Hillman. It was the first dog year, and it just happened to be the one about uh, the nuclear situation. It must have caught your caught your eye. <laughs> it did when you were reading it. Yeah. Yeah. How we got here. So yeah, uh, I also remembered a few things about this book uh, being the, um, not only is it just kind of like you should talk to your person about suicide, but uh, does everything sound all right? Yeah, you're just a little quiet. I noticed that too. You should talk to your person about suicide. Oh, it's because it's down a f- Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> good. No, not just, it's like not, not just that like you should, yeah, you should talk to the person about suicide. It's just kind of like, yeah, maybe they're supposed to die. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like kind of like maybe, maybe it's their time. Like, how are we, it's, it's kind of like who you know everyone's always like it's god decides yeah so how do we not know that like this is a method of like god deciding it's like a very he's not doing like (laughs) where do you say he lives switzerland (laughs) probably he probably lives in like honestly he probably lives do he probably lives in like san francisco now (laughs) like it's probably (laughs) same thing exactly isn't that where they do euthanasia yeah, in Canada now too. That's in a I forget which Welbeck novel. Someone goes and gets euthanized mm-hmm. in Switzerland. Yeah, didn't uh what's his face? Uh, the, the director who just passed. Why do I not remember his name? Oh, um Godard? Yeah, Godard. He he was like medically fine, but he he uh suicided just now yeah like last week oh god i didn't know that yeah damn i'm sorry to break that to you no it's like he was i was not a fan necessarily not that i you know yeah have any ill will it's kind of crazy that he was still alive that's what um ion pod said too yeah they said it was underrated that he was still alive (laughs) it is it definitely is underrated that he's still alive yeah uh overrated that kissinger is still alive that's the classic uh yeah men in their 90s right yeah it's crazy that there are just guys in their 90s out here um (laughs) who are just doing things in the 60s yeah uh but yeah, so this this Hillman, God, the sixties was like fifty years ago. Yeah, wow. Anyways, <laughs> um, so basically, damn, maybe I should go back a, a second. <laughs> <laughs> Through the bomb, we live in the shadow of death, where it may bring. F- the death experience nearer it must not mean that mass suicide is also closer where life is clung to suicide takes on the compulsive attraction of overkill 
but where collective death is lived with, as in the Nazi concentration camps or during war, suicide is seldom. The point is, the more imminent the death experience, the more possibility for transformation. The world is closer to a collective suicide, yes. That this suicide must actually occur, no. What must occur if the actual suicide does not come is a transformation in the collective psyche. The bomb may thus be God's dark hand, which he has shown before to Noah and the peoples of the cities of the plain, urging not death, but a radical transformation in our souls. That's a pretty crazy rationalization. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, to be clear, this is not like, this is, <laughs> I read this book and was like, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, it was like, it was, it was pretty funny that it like correlated to Noah as well. Yeah. Which referenced earlier. Yeah. That's kind of that. I yeah. I mean, the difference is that the difference that I think is strange not to note is that the flood, the great flood was divine. It was an act of divine intervention. It came from nature. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it was punishment for humankind's inclination towards evil. Mm -hmm. The bomb itself is a manifestation of our inclination towards evil. So how could it be at the very same time, the, the cause and the punishment? Yeah. It's a strange kind of, no certainly move certainly and that's and i think that that's like a one of those tricky things about the unions yeah is that they're kind of going in and being like all of the with all these archetypes and like gods at play within us yeah it kind of uh the will it's like you with the unions you kind of have to like find your own will yeah because otherwise like the gods are just like acting through you yeah i think that seems to be the case. Right. And that's kind of like the individuation is kind of becoming a person from, yeah. In, instead of just being like racked by all these archetypes and gods. Yeah. They kind of, they kind of want to democratize the, the sort of cosmos yeah. a little bit, not in like a democracy way. Right. No, but, but in like a free play of avatars and, uh-huh. and, and gods and mm-hmm. yeah. And like, I guess sometimes it feels like that, but to just be like, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, when like sometimes suicide is like, you know, the, uh, the gods are just like, God is, is kind of willing it. And also like putting the overarching, like, you know, big G God in there as if like God is like going into your, into your like, (laughs) Into like this person and being like, oh, yeah, I need well, to you can't that. have it both ways, right? You can't do like archetypal, you know, polytheism mm-hmm. and mono- monotheism at the same time, right? I mean, you can. That's sort of like what we are all some layers doing, but like, yeah, it's it's kind of like 
at a certain point you're going to end up um, offending one of the gods. Mm-hmm. No man can serve two masters. God, I'm just, I'm just like out here, like being a Christian. (laughs) It's not what I intended. You know, my God, it's happening. Yeah. No, like you can serve two masters, but like, you know, Mm -hmm. watch out for the triple cross. Like young Scooter said. (laughs) About to get your ankles broken by a goddamn, (laughs) by a lesser God or by, or by big G God. Yeah. I don't really know what we're talking about anymore, but to add to the confusion, yeah, maybe I'll read some <laughs> to Deleuze. Add, to add to the confusion, the most confusing. Yeah, so I was thinking of this because we were talking about the flood. I was thinking of Deleuze and his essay on desert islands. I'm not a big Deleuze person at all, but I really like this essay because it's just so weird. And he's talking about how desert islands are a place of both exodus and origin. Mm-hmm. So you flee to them. You're marooned on them. But you also sort of start anew there. Mm-hmm. And it's and and in the in the way that like the the Great Flood um kind of like you know um rehashes or rehearses the creation of the world. Every time we go to a desert island we're like you know, we're doing that Mm -hmm. again and again. So I'll read this. Um, It is true that from the desert, sorry, I said that stupid. Here we go. I'll do this. I'll do this. We have to get back to the movement of the imagination that makes the deserted island a model, a prototype of the collective soul. First, it is true that from the deserted island, it is not creation, but recreation. Not the beginning, but a re-beginning that takes place. The deserted island is the origin, but a second origin. From it, everything begins anew. The island is the necessary minimum for this re-beginning, the material that survives the first origin, the radiating seed or egg that must be sufficient to reproduce everything. Clearly, This presupposes that the formation of the world happens in two stages, two periods of time, birth and rebirth, and that the second is just as necessary and essential as the first, and thus the first is necessarily compromised, born for renewal and already renounced in a catastrophe. Sounding kind of like William James here with the, um, what's he call it, the first not first and second born. You know what I'm talking about? With the... <laughs> Damn, bro, that creatine. <laughs> With that... Um, I'll I'll think of what it means in a second. But he talks about how there's like, you know, two types of religious dispositions and one of them is essentially like, you're just like with God. Like oh, from yeah. the beginning. From the, the beginning and you like have... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and then the second one is like you need to you need to go through a dark night of the soul, and it's like much stronger. Yeah, like the original person, like they don't even. I feel like it's like they don't even have a sense of like having a relationship with God. No, they're just in it. Yeah, yeah, they're just kind of like the animal is in the world, like water is in water. Yeah, yeah, and then the second one is like what most of us have to do. Right, it's like descend into some sort of expurgating um, 
light of pain and <laughs> purity. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. But I'll I'll go on with this. He's getting to the to the part I wanted. Um It is not it is not that there is a second birth because there has been a catastrophe, but the reverse. There is a catastrophe after the origin, because there must be, from the beginning, a second birth. Within ourselves we can locate the source of such a theme. It is not the production of life that we look for when we judge it to be life, but its reproduction. The animal whose mode of reproduction remains unknown to us has not yet taken its place among living beings. I don't know what the hell he means by that. It is not enough that everything begin. Everything must begin again once the cycle of possible combinations has come to completion. The second movement does not succeed the first. It is the reappearance of the first when the cycle of the other moments has been completed. Blah, blah, blah. He goes on and on. This theme, even more than in our fantasies, finds expression in every mythology. It is well known as the myth of the flood. The ark sets down on the one place on earth that remains uncovered by water, a circular and sacred place from which the world begins anew. It is an island or a mountain, or both at once. The island is a mountain under water, and the mountain an island that is still dry. Here we see original creation caught in a recreation, which is concentrated in a holy land in the middle of the ocean. This second origin of the world is more important than the first. It is a sacred island. Many myths recount that what we find there is an egg, a cosmic egg. Since the island is a second origin, it is entrusted to man and not to the gods. Oh, interesting. So maybe Hillman is working with a little bit of cosmic egg juice. Almost certainly. <laughs> World is an egg. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's pretty crazy stuff, but I mean, I it makes sense. It definitely makes sense. Yeah. It, I mean, it's it's. I don't know. I guess it kind of like intrigues me more. Makes me want to read more Deleuze because it is. I mean, yeah. that's bi- it's like religious. The, 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 this here's the thing: all these French <laughs> post-structuralists, you it's get a, down to the the brass tacks, Baudrillard, Deleuze, Derrida, they're all just religious, right? But it's like yeah. they don't. They just don't want to say God. Yeah. <laughs> like no, like you study enough Marxism, and it's basically just. <laughs> Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you just want Yeah, it's it's true. Yeah. Uh yeah. Um Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely how it how it feels. I I've certainly I've certainly found myself on a desert island. Yeah. Maybe not even maybe more than once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the second time. But you know. What do you take to you take with you on your desert island? What's my Your desert, second origin? What's my second origin uh, playlist? EDC, <laughs> Everyday Carry. Everyday Carry. Dang. Uh, are we talking a pure desert island? Are we talking like a... No, because Deleuze says that um, a desert island isn't defined by... It's not just like sand. Yeah, it's not necessarily... Like it can remain deserted even if there's people that live on it. Okay. It's sort of a... It's more of like a mythological state. Okay. What he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Like you can take like a Calypso CD. Or <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely some steel drums. Yeah. 
or one of those what are those like pans that i like see like like uh dirty dirty hippies have it, like a it's like a pan drum they like hit it it's like basically like a steel drum yeah i've seen those yeah. i don't know what it's called i'm definitely gonna have to go one of those yeah <laughs> yo what if you what if instead of becoming like an esotericist you just became like a full-on like wook well i chose to not do that yeah but what <laughs> what well, tell me more about that. Well, I've 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 done basically everything that's required of that. Yeah. Uh I like I I listen to uh you know, although I'm I'm picky about it. I don't really like the grateful You don't bed. like don't the really noodling like, stuff. I don't like noodling, but I I there are jam like I I like a 30 minute long song. Yeah. You know, I like a 30 minute long song. Uh Are there any jam bands I've done that are quite a few psychedelics? Are there any jam bands that you like that are bad? That are uh <laughs> that are bad? Or that are just like not, you know, um cool. Um I, the well string cheese incident or something yeah, like I'm that. Not, I see I no, I can't do that. Yeah. It's uh it's like listening to ska for me. Yeah. Well listening to ska at least there's a payoff. <laughs> Is there a payoff with ska? Yeah, you get hooks. <laughs> I like Don't let the bastards grind you down. Don't let them grind you down. Yeah. Well that's yeah, see you're singing a great ska song. I'm talking throw some streetlight manifesto over the top of this and we'll Well that's that's because that's the jam band of ska. it kind of is. It kind of is it's like prog ska. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What if the Mars Volta had incorporated ska elements as well? They would have been one of the most powerful ska bands yeah. in 2005. One of the most powerful forces <laughs> in the world. Let's uh, talk, uh, talk about the nuclear, you know, sort of... The nuclear bomb is the fourth wave of ska. Yeah. <laughs> that's like what... That is like what we have to worry about. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to devote the rest of... Uh, NATO should start <laughs> putting this money podcast, behind that. The yeah. fourth wave of ska. They start, yeah. they've are, they already have. They've been seeding the fourth wave of ska yeah. since 2007, probably. That's what that's what like Sam's sister is working on. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like the EMF. <laughs> they're, like sent, they're, they're sending like micro grants to like women in sub-saharan africa to develop yeah. like a, a fourth wave sky what we have to look out for is um drives to uh get more money for school bands yeah like that's that's a real worry like we need yeah it's okay to do like the plastic arts right like if we need if we get money for the schools plastic arts okay if they're saying like we need more music in the schools, that's a warning. Yeah. Uh, orchestra is okay, but band is. Yeah. That's a breeding ground. There's a pipeline straight from the trombone Bec- yeah. section to <laughs> exactly the, because you need brass. Inst- you need high schoolers trained in brass instruments. Yeah. Uh, in order to have ska bands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What if? What if, um, cause you know, Yeet just did like the post rock thing. Mm-hmm. That was that. Yeah. It was a post rock song. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a single song. Yeah. What if he did like a, 
a ska, like a quick ska one. It would, I think that I think that would sound too much like a uh, hundred gex. Yeah, because they had like a ska like kind of sample hyper pop thing. Oh, that makes sense. Um, I'm so sick of that stuff. I mean, ska ska predated hyper like. Scott is Scott predated hyper pop. I mean, it li- quite literally, it did. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. Sorry, that's, Scott. That's to, to 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 people who don't know what I'm talking about, that sounded really rude. Yeah. No. 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 I was referencing that, that was something. Correct. Yeah. Um. But no, Scott. Like that. It is like perfect. Like seventh grade. Like ADHD kid music. Yeah. Um, in the same way that like hyper pop is for today's, you know, seventh for graders. today's, you know, 19 year old seventh graders. Yeah. I was yeah. about to say like the yeah. same, yeah, about the same place in their development. Yeah. Uh, no hate on young zoomers. No, I mean, I, I like, I actually like a lot of things that are probably considered hyper pop. I just don't like the kind of like. That people are just like, this is it. This is the next thing. Yeah, I or guess like, I this just... This is what pop music I don't, is now. I don't like the like... I guess what I don't like is almost like the becoming of a thing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, like Lil Emo and that stuff? I honestly don't It's like British, British like rappers. No. Well, they're like sick and they kind of like low-key invented it. Yeah, but like no one, you know, no one cares about that. No one ever really gives props to the inventors yeah. right away, at least. Yeah, and it's not like I'm saying that only the inventors are good, um, but I just don't ever want to hear another Charlie XCX song at the at the climbing gym. Yeah, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we need to go back to electro swing. Yeah. Electro swing supremacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I uh I don't know, it's just <laughs> horns are I don't know about horns. Yeah. You gotta slow horns down. I like a slow horn. Yeah, like a like a um what are those things called where you stick your hand in? A mute? No. That's <laughs> <laughs> no like th- it's like a uh type of like a cor corn not a cornet. That's like a little trumpet. Those like big old ones, Conchelle? round ones. No, it's an instrument. It's like a, it's like a little French horn. Yeah, it's like a French horn, kind of. <laughs> yeah, those are nice. Sousaphone. Yeah. Big ones. Yeah. Um. Did you did you ever fuck with like tuba tuba kids? Did I ever like, fuck with tuba kids? <laughs> yeah, like did you have any, did you have any homies that were like tuba, tuba kids? Uh, I think Lizzie was a, Lizzie might have been a tuba kid. Yeah, see, I don't know if it was tuba or like French horn. It was like one of those. Like, it takes a things. it takes a special disposition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mirko Mirko was a tuba player. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you can see was. it, right? Yeah. Shouts yeah. out Lizzie and Mirko. Yeah, I think yeah. It's kind of similar. I see it. I see. There's a through line. Okay, but really amazing use of horns that doesn't doesn't piss me off at all is like those like corridos bands 
the like mm-hmm. Mexican yeah. like narcos music. That's different. Yeah. It's so different. Completely different like it's not ska. technique. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't someone. really like doesn't really give like high school band. Mm-hmm. For some reason. There's just something about I don't feel like ska can be redeemed. I mean everything can be redeemed. Everyone can be redeemed, but can ska be redeemed or is it Yeah. Satanic music. Yeah, what is it about <laughs> it? What is it about it? I don't know. But I like I can't even imagine like <laughs> like young kids finding it and being like, This is dope. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna gatekeep like this like ska band from like two thousand five in the future. Even though Yeah. Someone could have said that about like emo bands. But like emo bands were good and there's a through line of them being good. Yeah. I went you know, I I I went back to go listen to like what I was like, this music is the best music I've ever heard in seventh grade. Yeah. Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah. I listened to it and I I felt I like barely even felt this I felt nostalgia. Yeah. But I couldn't listen to the music. Like it brought me no joy. It's so abrasive in the yeah. worst way. Yeah. It was just like, oh, it it was like it it reminded me that I would like go to school in like suits. <laughs> like it was like the worst. Never a fedora wearer. I wore a beret in a suit. I uh and I read I read the Communist Manifesto. I just taught that in class. Hey. Um I have to cut that. <laughs> um <laughs> I've got that, especially after talking about teaching the Bible. Yeah, I don't want people to get the wrong idea. <laughs> um, don't worry, I was teaching the Communist Manifesto as literature, <laughs> and the Bible as as literal. Yeah, the Bible is a manifesto. Uh-huh. The Communist Manifesto is my Bible. <laughs> um. Uh, I had some older friends in high school that I looked up to that were in a ska band um, mm-hmm. and they played a I've told this to you before but their big like barnstorming song uh, was a ska cover of the Ghostbusters song and they would always play it at like the battle of the bands you know in town and just sweep, and just, sweep yeah. just just fucking <laughs> lap up the praise yep. and uh i always thought they were so cool but it was like it was cool because it was like it was punk yeah because it was like it was stupid yeah well they, that's the thing is like, like it, this is dumb it is like the the prime it was trolling exactly and like it it is like the most i guess i thanks for putting that out there because i think that the thing about like ska punk, like the early two thousand ska punk, is it really is like, yeah, the prime. It is like the highest point of like, of like tomfoolery, <laughs> yeah, in like a light way <laughs> for sure. Instead of being like, I'm gonna like wear like a like a swastika arm <laughs> yeah, band exactly. and be in a punk band, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like a light. It's slacker. It's a holdover of slacker culture, yeah, which doesn't exist anymore. 
Yeah. Got wiped out. Yeah. And you also, it is a high school thing. Like, I can't imagine, like, someone our age. There are a lot, you know, there are a lot of yeah guys our age, mu- musicians and stuff. But there's something about the fact that you need, like, eight people for yeah. a ska band. Yeah. That, like, I don't think that, like, a lot of people could muster. No. No one can hold that many <laughs> relationships together anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. The only people who could do that in indie bands were like those bands that were actually cults. Yeah, we're like twenty people. <laughs> what was on that stage? band? The like polyphonic spree or whatever. Oh, uh, there was a they yeah, so there was a terrible. there was a different one though too. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, just bands with like twenty people. Yeah. Uh, Their whole thing was just like, yeah, we're like Charles spree. Manson. <laughs> yeah. But we're an indie band. That's yeah. exactly what you want to hear from somebody. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy tapes. I saw a guy at the bookstore reading like a john wayne gacy like thousand page book and he kept switching chairs in the place oh no it was like really scary and he's like 50 and looked like a recluse and it was yeah honestly a little like it's like he's like skipping to the end to like figure out how they got him or something yeah like what mistakes not to make (laughs) sorry we're (laughs) i'm just riffing off of the did you ever listen to that Sufjan Stevens album with the John Wayne Gacy song? Mm-mm. I only know like Took off all their clothes Chicago. for them His makeup white and red I, lis- I remember listening to it. Have you ever been scared by a song? Uh, I don't know, maybe. That's the only song that's ever scared it me. Spooked you? I, it scared me in the way that like in the way that like uh, um, a psychological horror movie can scare you yeah where you get a glimpse of something like evil Mm -hmm. and the evil is what you know it just sort of like disturbs you yeah i i listened to that song when you know i was in high school and that album was out it was the same album that has the like song from little miss sunshine Okay, okay. Like, drove to Chicago. See, that's like the song I know. Yeah, so let me play this song for you, actually. Yeah, it's like so... Yeah. Like, let me go find it. It's so twisted. Damn. <laughs> Do you... Uh, also, Sufjan Stevens? You know what he is, bro? Soft? He's a Christian. Yeah. Well, I was going to bring up, uh, do you know the Innocence Mission? No. I should turn you on to the Innocence Mission, bro. Do you have the the cable? Uh, I should go out the cable. Folding John Wayne's t-shirt. Now this might get us a copyright strike. But we should just go for it, you know? Yeah. Maybe if we talk over it. <laughs> his father was a drinker, and his mother cried. This is about John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. It's a beautiful song. Folding John Wayne's t-shirts When the swing set in his head The neighbors, they adored 
cut this up yeah what if i played that song at a party how <laughs> subversive would that be <laughs> they'd be like uh you like play that at like a dinner party yeah. like eight people no no i played a <laughs> dj set yeah, that'd be throw cool. down at, at like the height of a dj set. honestly you should just like put like gabber gabber drums on the <laughs> gabber bass on that would work <laughs> here just start playing it again and i'll do it Okay. Their lips, quiet hands, quiet kids on the moon. I don't know. That was the wrong tempo. It was the wrong tempo. I, I need like a metronome from the song. couldn't sleep after i listened to that damn i was just thinking about the evil well i can uh innocence mission is a good segue because he covered one of their songs john wayne gacy looks at victim photos i have no <laughs> recollection of any of them that sounds like my dad i know that's what i was thinking <laughs> Shit, don't remember that one. Oh, you got that. Oh, you you got me on camera doing that. <laughs> Should I have no recollection? Let me, let me. Oh yeah. You're good. All right. Yeah, he covered this song, but they're like very solid. But they're they're a Christian. They're a Christian crew. It's just a husband and wife. Uh huh. And she has a beautiful voice. But he covered this song. Who did? Sufjan Stevens covered okay. this song. 
but they they just like pump out like very like nice albums yeah they like never really did they they had a song on like the like uh Capitol Records soundtrack. Is it Capitol Records? When is this from? This is from uh, 1999. Okay. This is from 2020. This will not be edited at all. <laughs> my girl, my girl Robin just put me onto this um, through like a TikTok compilation of all these people pretending that they're in like a some kind of like Ren fair, like like medieval fantasy realm. Is it the ta- Pentangle? Like tavern, and they're all like singing along to it. Um, here, let me play it for you. Let me play it for you. But you know who this song is about, bro? I haven't even heard it yet. All right, well, you have to guess. It's about me. It's not this. I've never. start like a family christian band that'd be sick after seeing ohm i like i was like i need to like rekindle my bass playing bro you should we should start a band yeah that'd be (laughs) just just sit and mess with tones yeah we can talk about ohm yeah we lost that yeah let's talk about ohm so on saturday yeah we uh, this weekend we saw one of my favorite bands ohm yeah Al Cisneros of Sleep, which 
listeners might be more familiar with. Yeah, it's famous stoner metal band, probably the the sort of you know apex of the genre. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ohm is El Cicero. It's it's the rhythm. It it started out as the rhythm section of Sleep. Right. Um, the drummer has changed since changed. Okay. Because Chris Hackius uh, retired. Okay. But um, yeah. So too much dope. <laughs> too much dope. Honestly. <laughs> Who who knows? It's I don't know how. Yeah, uh, but it it's uh basically, El Cisneros is is on the path. He's on a path. Yeah, and uh, seems extremely influenced by his uh, studies into Sufi uh, his Sufi studies, his his Christian studies. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's talking a lot about minarets and 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 mendicants and yeah. anchorites and yeah. And uh, Sinai and <laughs> the desert, the desert, Lebanon, yeah, everything, yeah, um, it's all there. It's all there, uh, and basically, it's just like just pure, stripped down, beautiful, like <laughs> overwhelming trance-inducing music. Yeah, it's just it's just bass grooves, and then those like stoner metal drums which is just like mm-hmm. it's just like funky but like slow yeah and uh yeah and just like watching watching them is like so hypnotic yeah like watching like the per- i was thinking of him performing the he would like do these like these like cymbal rides yeah that were like very gestural they were super gestural and it would be like yeah. the same one every time like super mechanical yeah you know, as as drummers can be yeah but it was like it's like beautiful to watch <laughs> oh absolutely watch them at their their thing yeah it was a really good show um i feel like i don't you know i don't go to live music that much anymore and um I feel like when I used to go to live music, especially as a young person, I was usually like looking for some kind of emotional catharsis that had to do with like the narrative structure of songwriting. Mm -hmm. And Ohm is a great example of a band that like doesn't like work off of that kind of structure or like reward system. No, it's just like, 10 minutes of of a groove yeah yeah and then like yeah as as you had said like every like 30 seconds there will be like a single like like a koan basically yeah Yeah. and then just like back into the groove yeah (laughs) like um yeah it's uh it was cool to be able to have like a new experience with the live music um setting that wasn't sort of like yeah, like it wasn't like I'm going to have some kind of release of a kind of like becoming a becoming a persona or sort of like being taken up by the the images of the music in this um yeah, in this kind of like narrativistic way. It's it's very like anti-narrative. Mm-hmm. There there are like phantasmic, you know, components to it certainly. I mean, it brings up the sort of like it brings up the sort of like um indifference of the de- of the desert mm-hmm. the kind of like you know um 
the kind of like foreignness of 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 human values in a in a in a land such as the desert mm-hmm. and the states that that you know induces in a person. Yeah, we should send El Cisneros that that Deleuze <laughs> quote about the desert island. We should send him the Baudrillard article about the desert. Yeah, as well as uh, those AI generated images from Mirko. Yeah, but I I don't know how to get into contact with him. He doesn't have social media. That makes sense because um, <laughs> he's studying. Yeah, what is he? What did he say in that article that you sent me about bass, about playing bass? Uh, which I mean, he says feels like a lot of it a lot but he uh he basically was talking about how someone was asking, they were like asking if he had influences right and he's like well of course as one you know starts out playing an instrument there are like people who are the reason that you're starting out playing the instrument yeah but in order for you to like continue and to get better you that that is eventually just replaced by like your life yeah and influences from your life and then like eventually it becomes like indistinguishable yeah from your life and he was talking about how like being on there's like no difference like him being on stage like playing and just like his everyday life yeah that's what i'm talking about that's what i'm saying is like when you start playing music you have this sort of narrativistic relationship to it where like the song releases some kind of need or desire Mm-hmm. It's like a you know a Freudian wish fulfillment or something like that. Yeah. And then once, but once you get into it enough, like what he's saying, eventually, like your, you know, sort of like organic being, like works its way into it, and then it seems like he's proposing even like a third stage. Yeah. Where like, it it's like neither, you know this nor that yeah yeah he's ba- he basically suggests that like his like on the only things that like affect his music are like his studies and his prayer yeah and just like <laughs> and and that's just like and and he's like and and like basically he's stressing that also like but all, at the same time that is it there is no difference between like yeah his study and his prayer and like playing bass yeah <laughs> which is like Right, like this is this isn't just a performance. Yeah. Or like rather performance and life are yeah. Yeah, which I like. Indistinct. That stuff that stuff really gets me going. Yeah. Let me tell you what. I really respect that. Because yeah. I can like I can like it interests me. Like I can I can catch what he's like saying. Yeah. And I'm like chewing on it mentally. I'm like, that makes sense. Yeah. I can imagine it. Totally. Because I feel it when you're when I'm watching you perform. Yeah. Because it does feel different than like. No, he he has a really like. I want to say workmanlike, but that makes it sound a little too like, um, you know, earthbound. But mm-hmm. he but he has a really workmanlike approach to being on stage. Like he, the way he was addressing us was just like, well, guys, you know, we're gonna we're gonna put out another album and then. Um, you know, we'll come play music again once that's out. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, all right, guys, like literally like yeah. the, the most, like the most crowd work he did was just being like, yeah, this next song's for our sound engineer. Who's on, who's started his journey. Yeah. That was sick. Yeah. He meant that he had died, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was a cremation got. Yeah. Yeah. 
Honestly, What's the name of the song. It's a legendary way of putting. It. <laughs> it's yeah, no, that was that was I gotta, cool. I gotta, I gotta steal that, yeah, because it does just like feel better. Yeah, no, I I knew what he meant. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. He's like he's traveling, and I try to not, you know, like. You I mean, know, there's a way. People. There's a way you could say that, and it could sound totally like, you know, this guy's fucking a blowhard. Yeah, but. It's like the way, you know, it's all about. Yeah. I mean, if you say it with like intention and conviction. Yeah. You know, that's, and you believe it. Yeah. And you believe it. I think that's the most important thing. That's, to go back to the reason why I didn't become a wook. Yeah. Is that I think. (laughs) I'm just like imagining you as a wook. (laughs) Like with like full dress. I mean. Uh, I, well, first of all, I think that like, it's like, it seemed to me from all the wooks I've met is that they've, they've crossed a threshold <laughs> Yeah, and there's, there's like no yeah, it's choice. Called, it's called inhalants. Yeah. There's like no choice. Like they've, they've, they're yeah. kind of giving up their, uh, personal yeah. thing. And I'm, I'm way too ego bound to do that. First of all. Tony has like, a lot to say about this, my friend, our friend Tony. Yeah, yeah, the Wooks. He was all, he was almost a Wook. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. We, <laughs> we'll have Call a him up. we'll have a Wook episode. Yeah, like we keep proposing episodes that we are just kind of like folded. <laughs> we yeah. just like folded in. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think that like my my drug use never felt like it had that kind of uh, tinge to it. I was never trying to like get away. Yeah from myself or like society really yeah i was just like trying to well, figure good out for you yeah, bro just... <laughs> no no no, no that's, that's hey that's listen very, that's very positive yeah that's a pot like i was just trying to figure out what's going on there yeah. are other things i'm doing that are <laughs> that are that are that those things sure. you know? but like my no my, i feel you. my I psychedelics feel you. use which i feel is what scrambles people's brains yeah uh and makes them but i i mean i listen i I came as close as anyone can without coming going back, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, I was using acid weekly, which is not great. Yeah. <laughs> so For there's sure. that. You really get like you start you start believing some pretty crazy things. Yeah. That I continue to believe, but I'm I can moderate it. <laughs> <laughs> but I can I can manage to book a a hair cutting appointment. <laughs> semi-regularly yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you definitely you (laughs) you definitely have had your moments of paranoia yeah there's i you know i i not you know i'm not not a paranoiac but i can i can manage yeah and i think that like i don't know if like wooks are inherently paranoid though no, I'm not really saying that they are. Yeah, no, it's just, we're just... Yeah, I'm just riffing. Yeah, but, uh, you know, this is a great time to tell you as anything, but you're you're living with a wook. <laughs> I've been just disguising it really well, and I'm just going to let myself go. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to start playing, like, infected mushroom every day <laughs> when I come home, and, like... Yeah, I just have the, uh, it's the... Um, <laughs> running with the sunshine family. 
<laughs> I used to live in a sober house with this dude named Byron. He was like the most, I don't know, I, I can't talk too much about him, but yeah. I remember he was like, he would be, he would be like, try running with the Sunshine family for a few years and see what happens, <laughs> like shit like that. Just like, shut up, bro. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Skanking to this. <laughs> God, this is so bad. It's kind of cool, actually. I, I always describe this as, uh, it sounds like you're hacking into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Is he just saying DMT? He's saying do DMT. So here's the thing. Here's the thing that I never got about. Here's the thing that I never got about like yeah. wokes and stuff. Is they the the main thing and the thing that differentiates like a normal person from a wook yeah. is they'll tell you to do the scariest things. Yeah. Like on drugs. <laughs> totally. Like they'll be like, you got to listen to Spongle on mushrooms. If I listened to this music on mushrooms, I'd be scared. Yeah. Like it would, that's the thing. And then <laughs> like, oh God. Yeah. So the, the person who first sold me mushrooms for the first time was like, you, <laughs> God, what, what movie was it? Yeah. He was like, you need to watch Enter the Void on mushrooms. Like no, you don't. No. Yeah. First of all, bat is it not no. Second, that's like a movie about like that it would freak you out. It's a Yeah. Why do people think like stuff that? like that? I don't know. I think they're I think it's, it's like, just like it, the sickness at the it's rot at it's the core trauma. of our culture. Yeah. I think it's trauma. It is. But it's they're not... trying to be like, I will you share in this trauma with me? Like I experience this trauma. Yeah. Because that would be traumatizing. No, like, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like Yeah. Um, yeah. Voting is the best way to protect our elections so we can get back to enjoying life. Here, I see that. It's so sick that we're just going full, like, <laughs> we're going. <laughs> this, this doesn't have anything to do with anything. That's what we living like. I wish I could make this shit up. Son, this shit ain't feeling right. I know a snake around us. All these slimes, huh? They trying to line us up. They put it on my mind. Hundred, hundred thousand ain't enough. Money, murder. Mayhem, say ain't pay no money to get you murdered. I just shake hands. Of course you can ride around in your city with everybody friends. <laughs> yeah, we gotta cut that probably. That one might get might get rung up. Yeah. I feel like I feel like uh rap executives and and uh, record labels are like very tight with like Mm-hmm. legality of things yeah they probably have like the like craziest lawyers of all yeah the crews i just like flipped to a random page in this 
in this uh, suicide in the soul. And, it was, and it's just like talking about like, what's the, talking about like, uh, basically like, is asking if an, an analyst is implicated more in one type of death than another. <laughs> you know what this is? I don't. Live? Yeah, baby. Is this Dave Matthews <laughs> band? <laughs> it's Dave. <laughs> All the like hot like girls at my high school were like Dave fans. Yeah. It made me so mad. <laughs> You're like, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it yeah. to date you. <laughs> yeah. I I would like go to like a you know, a party and people would be like doing like Dave power hours. Do you know what that is? Like at a party they just this play is, Dave Matthews this, for an hour. This is, this is like a Wisconsin thing. This is like Wisconsin alcoholism at its finest. A power hour is when you take a drink one minute um you take a drink each minute for an hour. And the Dave Matthews power hour was it was like a song that someone had sequenced or like a play it was like a massive audio file that someone had sequenced yeah to be like compile all these dave songs and then like every every minute when it was time to drink it would play this riff and he would be like like (laughs) literally and everyone would be like oh it's time to drink (laughs) and by the end of the power hour everyone was just like like alcohol poisoning (laughs) yeah Yeah. an hour yeah and that's like what that's like what they were trying to do right and i was like i need them to i need them to like like me that sounds like a death drive yeah dave matthews band we won't even talk about the the infamous chicago river case so what were you saying about the (laughs) psychoanalysts it's basically they're they're making the argument that like um (laughs) just like that like from the outside so like death from disease from accident and from suicide are called different kinds of death mm-hmm. and so they are from the outside even the more sophisticated classifications unmediated premeditated and submediated death fail to give full credit to the involvement of the psyche in every death these categories do not fully recognize that the soul is always mediating death or meditating death <laughs> Mediating death, meditating death. Hmm. In Freud's sense, Hmm. Thanatos is ever present. The soul needs death, and death resides in the soul permanently. Yeah. So it's basically just being like, like, would a, is an analyst, like, uh, it, it goes on to be like, is the analyst responsible if someone is like, I'm going to kill myself? Yeah. And they kill themselves more so than like, if they like get, into a car crash or like have cancer yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah and i mean shit i don't really i don't know these are i feel like this this book seems like like psychotherapy in general there are a lot of questions where you're like damn i mean this this is the thing is like i i i personally kind of believe that 
psychoanalysis is a completely nihilistic enterprise. Mm -hmm. Um, That doesn't mean that I don't find value in it in my personal life, but Mm -hmm. my therapist will say stuff to me all the time that makes me think that he believes in nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, ultimately, like, the question that that just raised is, like, it's dependent on whether you believe that life has you know, an intrinsic, um, you know, sacred quality or, you know, shit like that. Right. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what he's talking about with like meditating death. Um, I mean, I, I get it in a sense. Yeah. I get it in a sense of like, yeah, you're all, you know, I mean, the death drive is, is a thing. Yeah. For sure. We want to like return to the state before we were filled with the anxiety of, of being alive, mm-hmm. being, um, you know, being, uh, like penetrated by like exterior objects and shit like that. Yeah. Um, that's like how he talks about it. <laughs> I know, know, I know, yeah. I know. Doesn't mean it's like, no, it is definitely pause, you know, pause. Yeah. Pause. Um, I've only thought about that a few times in my life. Yeah. Well, no, he's talking. So in beyond the pleasure principle, when, when, when he, Freud talks about like how the death drive got, you know, popping off in the first place, it's basically like, he stole that from Kira Knightley. He stole it from Kieran Knightley. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. That's from uh, a dangerous method. Kieran Knightley plays. Uh, I've never seen it. Sab- Sabina. Oh, oh, oh! I see what you're saying. She just like came up with it, and he was just kind of like, "Man, I don't know." Okay. Because like a doctoral student. That's an aside. Okay. Interesting. And then she, and then Jung was like her. There, she was in like a. Dom sub relationship with Jung, <laughs> and Cronenberg directed it. Uh, <laughs> um, shit! All I know is the text, bro. All I know is the text. So, in Beyond the Pleasure Principle, when Freud talks about the death drive, um, it's like basically like organic life emerged at some point from like inorganic material. And he talks about it as being the kind of like cross crossing of the threshold of some kind of like exoskeleton by some other force from the outside. So it's kind of like you get like busted open, you get like busted open by something Mm -hmm. and then there's like a hole in you and and it's trauma. Right. And then like the scar that forms over, over the, the whole is like your life is like your whole personality, Mm. you know, and you just sort of like orbit around that and you orbit around the whole where formerly there was death because that's, that's what you, you know, yeah, you don't want to be, you know, dealing with, I mean, that's, that's a bad explanation of the death drive because it means obviously a whole bunch of other stuff, but like, that 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 particular like kind of like biomorphic description of it 
always really like stuck with me. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's funny. Cause yeah, with, with all these things and, and kind of what gets, uh, what always brought me back to this kind of, um, belief yeah. and faith is, is the fact that I can read that stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, this is true. Right. But because these, uh, all these, all these, uh, rationalist, si- rationalist scientists are like, so yeah, they're like, the, the psychoanalysts are like, so they, they, they're all like, they just really want to be accepted yeah, by science. Yeah. So they like really, they really try, they to, really try to yeah. tamp down. And so basically in my mind, I'm like, well, there's, there's gotta be ways to heal this. Yeah. You know? And, and the ways that like, they're kind of just like, well, we just kind of like, it's the weirdest thing, right? Yeah. Because it's like a hybrid between this like ultra rigid determinism, material determinism of like, you've had like a neurological injury or something. Right. But then it's all just about stories. Yeah. It's like the weirdest composition of exactly of like epistemology. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just like, doesn't cut it. Like, yeah. it's like, no, then I, and it, and it forces me to like, look outside of that too, you know, the yeah. more esoteric sources, Yeah, you know, both like religion and occultism. The ones where, yeah that distinction isn't as no but um, the people are just as rigorous in their thinking yeah and that's the thing is they were so like european culture in the (laughs) yeah in the the 19th and 20th century was so rigid and so like yeah crazy that like regardless of that's how you get motherfuckers talking like lacan yeah yeah (laughs) i'm like it's like you let me throw the numbers up here yeah uh um no, I mean, here's the, here's the the other thing I would say, is that um, you know it's like sometimes I feel like my therapist is telling me that for the for the purposes of what we're doing there, other mm. people do not exist, mm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's like. For the purposes of what we're doing, yeah. for him and I, every person that I love in my life is really only within me. Mm. Is real? You know, you see what I'm saying? Is yeah. really only an image, and it's like, if if that is true, and you are a materialist, right. that's one of the darkest worldviews <laughs> you can conceive of. Right. However. It's- However, if you believe that and you also believe that inner light is the revelatory key to the universe, it's not actually depressing. No. Right? But it's like he'll say stuff to me that's like, he's literally said to me before that basically life is meaningless Mm -hmm. and that we create meaning. And I think that's like the dumbest, that's like the dumbest thing you can think. Yeah. I mean, it's true that we create meaning, but like, imagine like thinking that <laughs> I have, yeah, like I have and it, and, and it was inadequate. Yeah. And to like that, 
it's less like imagine thinking that and ima- but but more like imagine just like thinking that and then just continuing to think it yeah exactly for the no, rest exactly. of your life <laughs> that's what i mean yeah like that's what i mean whole, like that's the end like no you're at the you're at the bottom yeah like you've hit rock bottom that's what that is exactly not, that's not like this is there there isn't a ceiling that's that's the thing about like yeah revelatory experience yeah. spiritual experience things like that is is there, no ceilings, there, there isn't a feeling of a ceiling yeah you know but with that kind of thinking it's like i've hit like the logical conclusion a ceiling yeah the, it's the bottom it's the bottom yeah <laughs> you hit the bottom yeah and when you're drowning you don't know which direction to go you know that yeah. kind of situation yep. um no i know and it's just like it just makes me feel reactionary sometimes yeah. in those cases even though i'm not um you know i'm not like i don't I don't have the the kind of like social concerns around, you know, the sort of outcomes of like psychoanalysis that a true conservative would have. Mm-hmm. I think it can be useful, yeah. but it's when he says stuff like that, that I go, well, wait a second. Like, mm-hmm. like, have you no reverence, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just like, yeah, I yeah. think th- well that's that's the thing is it's like both that's that's kind of the issue with like even bringing in like a political view yeah. into it. Yeah. is because like taking taking like psychoanalysis as like the like progressive front is like yeah. it's also like fa- false. Also false. Yeah. <laughs> like no, it's been a conservative force. Mhm. I mean, and that's I mean like not to be like Deleuze pilled or something yeah but like that's i mean they argue in in anti-oedipus that that psychoanalysis is not you know right revolutionary right um yeah it just feels like and that's the thing is like you know you don't that that feeling of like this is like incorrect and there are like not that it's like wrong but yeah. that but that the the conclusion is incorrect and you've like you've stopped and like you right. need to keep you need to keep thinking about this yeah. you need to keep sensing it out yeah and you need to trying feel. things and you need to feel <clears throat> yeah you can't just be sitting here like all right like what well let's build a life for you what what meaning do you want <laughs> yeah pay? it's like no you can i i honestly the idea that like I can like put built like I choose the meaning. That's like one of the worst. That was like one of the worst places I've ever been in because I don't know how to. Exactly. Because <laughs> I don't know where. I don't know how to, and the and and the things that I create for myself when I believe that that's the case are yeah are um you know cycles of misery. Right. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I feel like. And I feel like, I don't know, it's very, sh- like, show me a, I, can, I don't know. I just, I truly, like, show me a person who's, like, who truly believes that, like, they are the singular person who creates their own meaning in life. Yeah. People who and say doing, that are like, cat. Well, that's the thing. That's what I mean. It's, yeah. like, that they've done that. Show me a person who's done that and is like 
good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Exactly. And, um, I, and I will, I'll, I'll tear that argument apart. Cause, uh, yeah. Cause the things that like come to mind for me are like literally like hustlepreneurs. Yeah. Some like David Goggins where it's just like all his videos are like, I'm working out. I'm working out all day. Yeah. Like this is, you don't find meaning you're depressed like you're a little bitch yeah and you should find some meaning it's just like man this guy's not okay yeah that's not you know? meaning that's <laughs> yeah. not meaning it's just compulsion yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah and i mean that's the cool thing about the whole like thing you were reading f- about pony boy <laughs> about like participating in the creation of the world yeah um because it is like uh, that's the i mean you you don't when you when you are in the compact like it's not that you find like you you decide what the meaning of the world is yeah you can like find out you can find meaning yeah you can listen yeah and watch for it exactly yeah and it it definitely involves you getting in touch with the things that you're hiding from yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, but those things aren't just, I, I don't believe that they're just the kind of, um, you know, hidden, hidden injuries of, I mean, shit, if the meaning of my life was really just like a c- sort of recursive pattern set in place by like you know one of my parents like not like holding me the right way yeah for like one day when i was an infant yeah um shit like talk about suicide i was about to say like then it sounds like yeah yeah god planned for you to suicidal yeah exactly (laughs) get ready yeah like you're being called home yeah (laughs) no for real like then you know this is the demiurge like let's let's get about this bitch (laughs) let's uh reference terrence mckenna on every episode yeah but he had a thing where he was calling the he was calling the uh people who are obsessed with getting off the planet yeah you know pre-elon musk like an elon musk yeah and like a jeff bezos that they're gnostics because they're trying to escape like the demiurge's realm yeah but the thing is is that you can't escape it materially no so they're like they're like you can't they're like away from they're like the most idiot they're like the most like idiotic of the gnostics basically that's fascinating (laughs) There's a article in the Semiotext USA called Mormons in Space by mm. Sylvia Federici. It's about the sort of alliance of like the new right of the 80s between fundamentalists and um, like Promethean technologists. Mm. Uh, I haven't finished it yet. Honestly, it's a little bit um, it's a little bit sacrilegious mm. in a way that like I, I don't love. <laughs> yeah, not that I'm like truly offended by that i just i don't love it when people are just going with the whole like Like religion is just a just a tool that oppresses us like it's like people people were really on that 
on the left. They've been on it a yeah. long time. I think they only kind of let it up. That's why yeah. uh, El Cisneros is so dope because he put out an album called God is Good in yeah. like 2009. <laughs> yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. Like 2000. Yeah, 2009. 2009. I mean, but Ohm is 2005. Yeah. And so that's like, I mean, they were putting out just like things named after like Sufi poems and stuff. So, yeah, my students seemed kind of surprised when I recommended that album to them. But I told them, (laughs) just give it a try. Just give it a try. Yeah, I'm, I'm not getting pretty tired. Yeah, I think, I mean, if we don't if we don't have it by now, we don't have it. Should I finish with this from with a little passage from Baudrillard about the desert? Sure. Okay. <coughs> this is uh This is Jean Baudrillard from uh from a semiotext journal from the eighties. It's an essay called Desert Forever. Its definition is absolute. Its frontier initiatory. It stops sudden and its contours cruel. It is the place of signs of an imperious necessity, of an ineluctable necessity, but empty of meaning, arbitrary, inhuman that one crosses without deciphering. Irrevocable transparency. The desert cities as well stop short. They have no environment. And they take after the mirage, which can fade away at any instant. One has only to see Las Vegas, sublime Las Vegas, rise in its entirety from the desert at nightfall, bathed in phosphorescent lights, and return after spending its intense superficial energy all night long still more intense in the first light of dawn, return to the desert when the sun rises, to understand the secret of the desert and of that which beckons to it, a spellbinding discontinuity, a total and intermittent radiance. Beautiful.